Hi, and welcome to Youth View. Before we start today's podcast, I'd like to acknowledge the Dark and Junk people who are the traditional custodians of this land and pay respect to the elders, both past and present, of the Dark and Young Nation. Hi, and welcome to Youth View, a podcast by Skilled Creative. Each week, a different crew of Year 11 and 12 students across New South Wales take over our studio. Subscribe and listen in as we interview youth advocates, sporting icons and artists. We share stories that have shaped our lives and views on current issues. Youth View, a podcast by Skilled Creative. Hi, and welcome to this bonus episode of Youth View, a podcast by Skilled Creative. My name is Mike McCarthy, and I'm the creative director here at Skilled Creative. Normally, we would have our amazing students running the show, but we're currently in lockdown, so I've stepped in to make what I think is an important episode about NAIDOC Week. So today, we'll be having a yarn to some very impressive young Indigenous people and hearing their perspectives on where we're at with healing country and finding new paths forward as a society. Keisha Boville is a proud Camilleroy woman, full-time model represented by the Cult Agency and is a strong Gen Z voice for change in this country. Welcome to Youth View, Keisha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, Would you mind telling us what part of country you're from and a little bit about the area? Yeah, sure. Um, So I grew up with my mother on the Central Coast on Darkinjung country uh, for most of my life. all throughout school Um, but my father who is Aboriginal um, his family originate from Walgett in northern New South Wales Um, but um, my dad and my nan they relocated to Sydney in the eastern suburbs um, while my dad was still growing up so yeah most of a lot of my family are out in the eastern suburbs now and some still live back in Walgett. Cool what does uh, your typical weekday morning routine look like? Um, for me, nothing too exciting. I just, first thing I do is drink a glass of water, do my skincare routine, um, and then I'll make a really nice healthy breakfast. But that's about it at the moment while I'm in lockdown because usually I, you know, make a little list of what I'm going to do for the day. But yeah, yeah we're in different. lockdown. <laughs> yeah, it's different for all of us, isn't it? Yeah, very Very different. strange. Yeah. Uh, cool. So... What was the pathway into modelling for you? Um, well, in high school, I was kind of always interested in, like, creative work. So I did entertainment as a subject and I was thinking of getting into something to do with that, like sound production. But then that all kind of folded through and I was working a full-time job at a pharmacy. Um, and then when I lost my job, Sorry, I didn't lose my job. I quit my job. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I was couch surfing for a little bit. So I thought in that time, like, why not give this modelling a shot and see, you know, where it will take me. So I, like, um, got online and I started connecting with different creatives, photographers, makeup artists, um, and then did a few test shoots with them. And then a few months um, after that, 
Uh, one of my mates, Kobe, he linked me up with my manager, Jazz, and I'm still with her today, three years later, and haven't looked back. So it's been a good journey. And I'm also signed with Colt now. So Jazz is my mother agent. She looks after me. And then I'm also with Colt as well. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so the theme of NADOC week this year is Heal Country. Uh, how does that sort of resonate with you as far as healing country? Because yeah, I know yeah. you do have a strong voice around this. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I've been thinking about it. And, like, to me, I guess it means looking after our land with knowledge from mob, so mm. listening, you know. Um, I believe when we heal country, country will heal us. It's like an exchange. So I feel like when I read the theme heal country, the first question, you know, you'd ask yourself is, well, how do we do that? How do we heal country? And it's just listening. Listen to mob and especially listen to our elders because they hold all that knowledge and it's there to pass on. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's what it means to me. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, yeah, I work with 16 to 18-year-old students each week and uh, so mm -hmm. was, and they're the ones who mostly listen to this podcast. So I was wondering yeah, cool. what, what might be your key message to them around healing countries. I think at that age, like, it's a bit hard to, because you're, like, you're an adult now, but you're also, you kind of don't feel like an adult, but you're still, so when you're at that age, you're still the future, like, so I would suggest learning as much as you can while you're young because the future's in your hands. And this country holds the knowledge for a positive future. So everything links back to land. Um, attend community events, support black businesses, um, follow black creatives on your social media pages. Um, and remember that, remember whose land you're living on and, and you've got to be proud of that. Yeah. I think being proud is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Um and that's a that's that's a really consistent message from all the people that I've been speaking to as well. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's really good to hear. And uh, and I hope that everyone out there is hearing that message. Um yeah. and what about some advice for young people who are uh, are on the verge of leaving school? Yeah, um well, if I could say something to myself when I was leaving school I would probably say to myself you can do literally whatever you want like you have the freedom and the control and the power to do whatever you want but find what it is that you want and stick to it because you just don't know where it will take you like it can take you literally anywhere and while you do that embrace your individuality and your uniqueness and most importantly pay no attention to any negative things that other people have to say amazing well it's been so great talking to you today thank you so much for thank taking you the time. thank you for having me My next guest on the show is Gunnar Maynard. Gunnar is the 2019 NADOC Apprentice of the Year, has worked in Germany with one of the largest international law firms, Hogan Lovells, and is an inspiring role model for young people who are completing internships and apprenticeships. Would, would that be fair to say, Gunnar? 
I think you're flattering me a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> it's close. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, would you mind uh, telling us what part of country you're from and a little bit about that area? Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Um, as you say, my name's Gunnar. I'm I'm a Gamilaroi man. My family's up from Rewarren and Burke. You know, that central New South Wales sort of area. And um, I was actually born off country. I was born in Dubbo, Moratri country, and I grew up all around Australia actually. So. Moved down to Canberra and then to Adelaide, and then up to Newcastle, close to my um, my dad, my stepdad, uh, my stepdad's country, Warramai country. So it's just north of Newcastle. Um, I was up there for a little while, and then I moved down to Sydney, down to Eora Land, studied in Bidjigal country at the uh, University of New South Wales, and I've um, been living down here in Sydney ever since. What What would a weekday morning routine look like for Gunnar Maynard? Well, you know, it really changes a little bit at the moment because um, in in better days I used to like getting up a bit earlier and try to get out to the pool before work, do a few laps, have a good breakfast when I get into the office. You know, i got my porridge there and my blueberries. But um, when I'm locked down, I let the slip stand and slip a little bit. You know, I'll try to go out for a run maybe, have a sneaky piece of toast or two in the morning meetings. Um <laughs> But the weekend routine, uh, the weekday routines become a bit like the weekend routine. It all blurs into one big thing when you're stuck at home. It's strange, isn't it? Um, yeah, I've been finding myself this week uh, just getting out uh, first thing and uh, spending some time just trying to do some filming and enjoy the country. Around Dubbo, you grew up, is that correct? Born in Dubbo. Didn't Born. spend a lot of time there. You know, moved moved around a lot. Um Mostly in Newcastle, were you sort of, did you spend yeah, the school, high school schooling? Yeah, so high school in Newcastle, primary school in a uh, bit in Adelaide and then a bit in Coffs Harbour actually at Sawtell Primary, Gumbangia country and then back down to um, back down to Newcastle again for the end of primary school and high school. Yeah, awesome. And were you into your sports and that sort of thing during school? Yeah, you know, I always played, I always played soccer as a kid. My dad was a big soccer player. So um, he took me down to the park a lot and um, I played soccer ever since I was about eight years old, I think. Um, Dad was always, yeah, as I said, always really into into his soccer and really proud of especially um, of Koori and Aboriginal soccer players. Big, um, he's a big, uh, he's, a, he's a historian. He rewrites a lot about Aboriginal sports history and, you know, kind of um, instilled in me a great, a great, um, enthusiasm for the game great pride <laughs> in the game yeah me too i love i love soccer i'm i'm spending a lot of uh sleepless nights watching the euros at the moment yeah yeah it's some pretty brutal some pretty brutal times this year but yeah. it's always the case in australia i think yeah yeah the theme of this year's nadoc week has been heal country and I, I wanted to ask about how that resonates uh with you yeah, I think it's a great theme this year because, um, and especially for young people, you know, when you say heal our country, um, you could be talking about a number of different things, right? Mm. And um, for some people, the first thing comes that comes to mind is the state of our environment, you know, both both locally and, and globally. And I think particularly in the in the area of work that I'm currently in, I work as an environmental lawyer at the moment and you get a sense of... Um, of the, the urgency that's required to change 
um, to change the systems that we have in place. And there are some really great lessons from Indigenous cultures, you know, globally and, and here in Australia. Um, and part of that is here, here you know, um, your country and um, learn a little bit from what, what you know, old mob used to do in the, the old ways. And uh, that's that's actually something that's um, that's quite uh, taken quite seriously these days. You know, if you look at the um, the agenda for environmental law reform in this country, is really taking on a lot of uh, practices from from Indigenous people and centering um, Aboriginal voices, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voices in land management. Um, so that's that's kind of you know, with my with my professional hat on, that's that's really what the um, this year's thing. That's how it speaks to me, I suppose. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about um, like what would be some practical steps for a lot of our listeners, are young people, between the ages of like sixteen and twenty. And like I was trying to think of what some practical steps for those kind of guys would be if they were thinking about like what, how do I heal country? How does that work? Um, like one of the things I saw was, you know, you pick up rubbish at the beach or you, you know, you, you respect country wherever you go and, you know, leave it better than you found it, that sort of thing. But are there other, um, are there other ideas that you might have for these young people? I think there are two things, you know, when I thought thinking this through, um, and the first is quite practical and it's quite immediate. And it's something that I think, um, in this country, we're getting a little bit better at doing recently and that, and that's really knowing the country that you're on knowing the history of the country knowing the people of the country starting to familiarize yourselves with the practices of, of where you're from and the history of the nature and its its relationship to to people who live on country that's always been a big part of you know aboriginal cultures and torres strait islander cultures in this country there's no reason that we can't continue to practice it today i think you feel a real connection to your surroundings and a real sense of ownership of your surroundings um, as an Indigenous um, person. And I'd love all Australians to have that that sense as well. So, you know, come into country with that kind of respect and curiosity and um, an open-mindedness about how, how we have related to this country for millennia. And, and that's learning language. That's learning how, how the country works and how people have perceived the country. In the past that's that's one tip and then the other tip i think more more broadly and this is perhaps a little bit more abstract and less immediate i think one thing i've learned in my in my few years uh as a as a working professional now was that young people can really make a big impact on the world and um where we live in an era where and i kind of alluded to it in your last question the requirements for things to change are actually quite urgent and you know we've got a real stake in making sure that country continues to be cared for because we're going to be living on it for a good time to come yet. And if you look at young people around the world, you know, you Greta Thunberg saw that, that group of teenagers who ran that case in, in Australia against the environment minister, the, the Sharma case, to establish a duty of care owed to, owed to people when environmental decisions are made. You can see the voices of young people are, are very loud and can make a huge difference. So... The second tip that I'd give young people is really believe in yourself and believe in the um, the power of your voice to, to make a change. You know, it's not all the situations can be can be tough, and some of the um, projections are a little bit daunting. But we um, we've got a lot of potential to make a big difference in this world.
Mm. Yeah, I've been uh, really impressed because I work with young people every week. Uh, around six young people come in and uh, run our podcast and do video editing with me. And I'm really surprised at their resilience, um, especially through all of this crazy COVID time and everything. There is a, there's a strong resilience there and a real change in uh, their outlook environmentally, socially, from my day when I was <laughs> in high school. And yeah. um, I don't know if you've seen that sort of difference in young people. Yeah. Do you think overall that there is a resilience or is, there, is that a generalisation? I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it might be a generalisation. Yeah, I think there's a resilience. There's an, there's an optimism, but there's also a sense of outrage, um, which is actually kind of... Um, yeah, certainly not unwarranted, and it's very empowering. Yeah. In, and, you know, I'm not going to say we're the only generation or the generation that follows me is the only generation that's had that attitude, but I think some of these, the causes that we now um, pursue in terms of social justice, environmental justice, um, uh, we have a real sense, I keep on using this word urgency, of how, um, how, how we need to start caring for country. And caring for our planet well thanks so much for chatting with us today it's been really great to catch up with you and uh, hear from you about healing our nation and uh, what steps we can take moving forward thanks mike i uh, appreciate appreciate the chance to have a yarn with you so i thought i'd give you a quick bit of history about nadoc week NAIDOC stands for National Aborigines and Islanders Day Observance Committee. Before the 1920s, Aboriginal rights groups had been boycotting Australia Day in protests against the status and treatment of Indigenous Australians. The broader Australian public were largely ignorant of these boycotts and so a group of organisations, in particular the Australian Aborigines Progressive Association and Australian Aborigines League, began a movement to bring about change. Sadly, these efforts were largely overlooked and the group disbanded in 1927 due to police harassment. Fast forward to 1956, major Aboriginal organisations, state and federal governments and a number of church groups all supported the formation of the National Aborigines Day Observance Committee, or NAIDOC. At the same time, the second Sunday in July became a day of remembrance for Aboriginal people and their heritage. In 1972, the Department of Aboriginal Affairs was formed as a major outcome of the 1967 referendum. In 1974, the NAIDOC committee was composed entirely of Aboriginal members for the first time. The following year, it was decided that the event should cover a week from the first to second Sunday in July. My next guest on the show is Maria Treaky. Uh, she's living in Broome at the moment and we get to catch up with her and hear about what's happening over in the West. Yeah, so I'm Maria and I'm just, I'm from, originally from, I grew up and was born and raised in Broome, WA, but um, um, my country and like where my mob is from is I'm a Gidja woman from, obviously uh, it's more inland in East and West Kimberley, so I'm Gidja and Yarangyan. Yeah, so I just, yeah but I grew up in Broome. Awesome. And what's, what's the, uh, what's your favorite thing about living in Broome? Um, I think just the community, uh, especially is just 
the for locals as, as well you know everyone and um such a tight-knit community that um everyone supports each other and um just the small town feel as well where you um you don't feel like you're too remote but you're not too like in the city as well that just that perfect um yeah I'm not a huge like I wouldn't consider myself a big city person so it's just that whole small town feel is yeah that's probably my favorite part yeah awesome yeah um what what's the typical kind of weekday morning routine for you um just have a coffee on the beach have a little beach walk um catch up with friends, all of those little fun things. And then um, usually sometimes ends with a beach walk as well <laughs> or awesome. beach um, exercise on the sand dunes as well. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yeah. So a lot of uh, beach culture yeah. over there in Broome. I've heard lots about it. <laughs> yeah. Un- unreal. <laughs> so the theme of um, this year's NAIDOC week is Heal Country. I'm asking some of our guests about how this resonates with them. So I was just wondering how this NAIDOC Week's theme resonates with you as far as healing country and what does it mean to you? Absolutely love this year's theme. As well, I, I, Not that I have anything against all of the other ones. I feel like all of the themes are really relevant and important, but um, especially with country, this one, I think it's just so important, um, especially because there needs to be more education and awareness about it for um, non-Indigenous people who don't understand that connection with country and don't understand how important it is to Aboriginal people and communities. It's a huge part of culture and community and even family and kinship. That was something that, because I went to a private school in Sydney um, and obviously was part, there was probably only 15 to 20 other Aboriginal students at the school at the time. So um, it was really one of my biggest things was that importance of country and trying to help other people understand and educate other people about how important it is that we care for it and that that reciprocal relationship as well. We only take what you need and you respect that cultural aspect of respecting even with totems don't harm any of the animals that are a part of your totem family and kinship and all of that. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important, especially with the recent, um, where was it? I forgot where it was, but the recent um, sacred sites that were cut down, the trees, um, those reports in news, I feel like that is a big, um, was a big wake-up call for just realising that people don't realise that that's not right and that you can't Mm. just after all of these years that respect isn't there completely can you think of a small but significant moment where you kind of felt that um a big change occurred and you realized something important about yourself oh that's a good question um i think when i started at school i was i went to learn in ormhurst in sydney um if i think yeah i didn't mention that before but i went to boarding school when I was 12 years old, started um, from year 7 to 12. Um, and as a 12-year-old, it was a, it's a huge thing to start school on the other side of the country of where you live, leaving behind your family. And I did have family in Sydney, but not as close and tight-knit as um, obviously my family from here. Um, so I think that was one of the biggest things that I struggled with because leaving that was the first time I had been away from 
moved away from Western Australia and especially just the Kimberley itself. So going from that to difference in environments as well, like the environments as in like the community and the um, people as well. It was just getting used to that new setting and having to adjust to the Loretto life, I guess, and even just Sydney and being the, because at the time I was in year six, I was at uh, living in Columbaroo. It's a remote Aboriginal community um, just north of further up north in Kimberley here. And um, so going from the population of that was majority Aboriginal, the only people who were non-Indigenous were probably like the teachers that were there and um, volunteers for the community. But transitioning from a community that was where the majority was um, Aboriginal to being the minority Aboriginal group, you know, it was it was a huge, huge, yeah, it was a huge change that I've struggled with a lot at first. But um, when I finished at year 12, sorry, I'm <laughs> trying to no. gather my thoughts. But so when I finished at year 12, I was just looking back over those years, really proud of, um, I guess, dealing with that transition and change and really flourishing in that and um, then supporting the younger the younger girls who were then starting as well the younger Aboriginal girls I think a lot of the there were we my year group um, class of 2020 we had five Indigenous girls in our year and that was the biggest year that they've ever had that so five is probably we've had the biggest um, largest group of Indigenous girls and so they were really um, that's the biggest thing that we got told was the being that role model for the younger girls having the, having us to look up to really um help them transition as well into that thing and so yeah yeah how how has that kind of transferred into where you are now and being in Broome back in WA um do you still find that you're being a role model in your community at the moment I hope so I feel like I have that's another thing why um I wanted to come back and so I, um, I still want to do nursing and eventually get back to uni, but I just wanted to refer and come back here to my hometown to be able to, I guess, have that opportunity and chance to try and be a role model for community here and for youth here. So I've just, this is where I'm starting now. Um, I've got a traineeship at the Broome Youth and Family Hub, Families Hub here. So hopefully just recently started so hopefully I can get my feet in the sand a little bit and be able to have that impact on people. Yeah awesome did did you start this role today is that right or has it been? Yeah <laughs> congratulations on that and I'm sure that you will have a huge impact on those uh, families coming through and the young people there that's awesome. Thank you. That's a goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining us. And it's really great to hear a, a small part of your journey. And uh, I'm sure Thank that, you. yeah, I'm sure the future is looking very bright over there in Broome. So thanks so much Thank again, you, Maria. Yep. Thank you. I'd like to thank Keisha, Gunnar and Maria for their really amazing insights today around NAIDOC Week and thank you for joining us on YouthView, a podcast by Skilled Creative and please let all your friends and family know about us. We are a youth-led podcast and it's really exciting to hear what's coming out every week from the studio. 
If you'd like to know more about YouthView or any of our guests, please go to show notes and look for the links there. Take care and we'll see you again next week. Bye.